So we are concluding a series this morning titled Why We Do What We Do. We started this on January 1st. This is one we've looked at our just the foundation of our church, our strategy, core values, what we mean by joining the journey and, and moving forward in, in, in our faith. And, and, and then we looked at our four core values, and these are just always true, right? They are core to us. They are our foundation, meaning no matter what changes in our world, no matter what changes even in our own church, that, that these four things will always be true. So like I said, we are concluding this series today. We are starting a new message series next week. And so I just encourage you to, to be here to start that and invite some to come with you. Um, the next series we're going into is titled um, uh, Life in the Desert. In fact, last year we looked at the life of Moses and we looked at him and at his birth and, and life and ministry. And we ended that series right at, um, after the Red Sea and as, as he was leading them you know, into that next phase, right? After God did all through that and through now this next, we're going to look at the rest of his life. So that's what this series is going to take us through that next phase of Moses' leadership. So we're going to spend our time in, in those Old Testament books and looking at that and just everything that they learned while they were wandering in the desert, literally. Right? And there were lots of lessons um, that we're going to glean from that, you know, through this next message series. And so, again, this, will take, this series will take us from, in the history of the Old Testament, from, from when they leave, you know, Pharaoh behind, right, after the Red Sea, as they wander through the desert to the end of Moses' earthly life. And then when he passes on the baton to Joshua and they go into the Promised Land. So that's kind of the phase we're going to cover in this next message series. So like I said, we'll be starting that one next week. But today, like I said, we are concluding the series of why we do what we do. Um, again, the core values we've already looked at and covered. Core value number one, Jesus Christ is the destination of our journey. Right? It is about Jesus, right? He is our, our Messiah. He is our Savior. He is 100% divine as well as 100% human. He is our example to follow of what it means as a human to, to live out our faith and to serve God in all that we have. Right? Um, he lived a sinless life, died on that cross, resurrected the third day so we could be saved. It's all about Jesus. Okay, that's why it's core value number one. Right? And that's, again, the, the destination of our faith. Right? That's the goal for us to be, become holy because he is holy. To be more like Christ tomorrow than I am today. Right? That, that transformation process continues. Okay, core value number two is that scripture is our foundation and roadmap of our journey. Okay, that we define scripture as the Holy Bible. Day that we actually read it and study it and not just read it, but we do what it says, right? And it, it again, is, it's the foundation we build our lives on, right? And the roadmap of where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed to do. And then last week, we looked at core value number three, all generations contribute to the journey. And we see, again, all generations matter to God, whether it's age-wise, phase of life generations, as well as just phases of our faith, right? And where we're at in our faith journey. Okay, and all generations, um, and contribute. How we start out consuming the things of God, and that's exactly where we need to start in our faith and learn about who God is and who we are and how, what we were created to do and all that. And then as we grow in our faith and move forward, we move to the part where we start to contribute towards um, God's kingdom. Right? And as we do that, though, we start this ongoing cycle in our lives to stay healthy and to continue to move of where we not only contribute, but we also consume and we grow. And the more we grow, the more it pushes us to contribute. And as God transforms us and moves us and start this ongoing self-feeding cycle of consume and contribute in our life and in our faith. And now today we are on the last core value, core value number four. And that core value is that everyone is welcome on the journey. 
Okay, everyone is welcome. You know, as we look at these four core values, again, we're going to dive deeper into this, this last one this morning, but our, our guiding text for us through this series has been 2 Timothy 3, 16, and 17. Uh, and again, this scripture, we see these core values all throughout scripture, but we pointed out in these few verses where we see all of them present. And where the text says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Again, as we've looked at these verses, we see how they show us the spiritual journey. Right? The first two sentences are all inclusive. Right? I mean, everybody is welcome. I mean, that's information for everyone. Right? That, um, that is, again, it's, it is the message right, of God that, that is um, for all of us. Right? Us. For people. And then that last sentence is focused on God's people. And this is after those first two sentences have taken us to the point of joining the journey, of receiving Christ as our Savior, inviting him into our life, right? And rekindling that relationship with our creator, right? That starts us on this new journey, right? The journey towards Christ instead of going away from him with our back to to God. Again, the reality is that this core value is not just about the gospel being open to everyone. It is, that is absolutely true, right? I mean, that is who God is came to earth to save, to save the world, right? But the, the, the other side of this core value um, is about how we act as God's people. And again, are we welcoming to people? Right? We say that the gospel's for everyone, but how do we act as God's people? Do we, do we communicate to them, if they're not Christians, that they really are welcome in church? Right? That God does love them, right? Um, as we look at that, I, know, I want to look at both sides of that coin this morning of this core value. Because that, that is the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is that everybody is welcome. Everybody can be saved by Jesus. Jesus was sent to save the world. That's exactly what John 3.16 tells us. Right? That is God's will and God's plan is that he wants to save everyone. Yeah, that, that there is nothing that we can do that would make, push God so far away that we cannot be saved. Right, and that's the amazing thing about the gospel, right? It's like, no matter, how, no matter how far away from God you go, it's always one step back. Right? It's a step of confession and of repentance and of receiving his love, right? Back to the foot of the cross and to receive Jesus. Right? God accepts us exactly where we are, and that is the truth of the gospel. But the gospel continues in that God's will is to not leave you there. Right? God accepts you wherever you are, but that then if we enter into that relationship with him, that transformation process, that God will then take us somewhere new, right? take us forward in that journey closer to Christ, to be transformed, to be more like Jesus. Right? To, to, to refine that sin and, and the selfish attitudes out of us. God will take you and accept you exactly where you are, but the gospel will not leave you there. This is the gospel message. And if you have not received the gift of salvation in your life, I hope that you will do that today. I hope that you will confess your sin, right? Um, tell, you know, invite Jesus into your life and, and, and ask him to make you that new creation. That is how you join the journey of faith. Again, if you don't know how to do that or have questions about that, I hope that before you leave today that you will, you will talk to somebody. Right? Come forward at the end and, and 
ask your question, be prayed over, talk to the person that's on your row, right? Or say, hey, I have this question or this, this thing I don't understand. Can you help me? Okay, there are many people here today that would love the chance to talk with you and to pray with you about or to answer your questions um, that might be holding you back. Right? And the reality of the gospel, right, that God came to save everyone, that is, like I said, one side of this core value and one that we will always stand on. But that's not really what I want to focus on today. And again, if, if, um, if you're here, you know, whether you know Christ or not, I, I want to I look at together the other side of the coin, right, of this core value. And that is the side that we, as God's people, and as we look at that, that text of God's people, the part of this core value that we are responsible for. Again, Jesus took care of the salvation part. Right? He already paid that price. He already paved that way. Right? Jesus already did that. In fact, he told us very clearly that he did that. that I want to look at John 14, 6. Okay, this, this verse, I believe, is one of the most important verses in all of Scripture. Okay, where this verse says, is Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Hey, now, when we read this verse, and, and I'll tell you, is that what, one of the reasons I believe this is one of the most important verses in all Scripture, because it lays out the gospel, right? This is God's will to save you, right? To, to connect you back to the Father, to restore your relationship with your Creator. But yet, this is also one of, the, one of, if not the most, bold statements that Jesus ever made. Because if you look at this statement, I mean, truthfully look at all of the ramifications of what Jesus says in this statement. Is that there is no gray area. Okay, Jesus leaves no gray area in this. Because either Jesus is 100% accurate and 100% truthful in what he claims. Or he is a lunatic. There is no in-between. He is either 100% right, which means he is the Messiah and he is divine, right? And he is the way. Or he's not. Right? Nothing, there's no wiggle room in this statement. <laughs> right? Now, as we look at that, right, um, and understand that, he says, no one comes to the Father except through him. Right? Which, it, which means that Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. He is the life, and which automatically means that anything else is not the way, is not the truth, and is, will not bring you to true and eternal life. Only Jesus can do that. And as we look at that, right, like I said, there are only two logical options here. Either Jesus is 100% correct and truthful, and if that's the case, then I lay my life down before him. And if it's not, right, then he is a liar and a deceiver, and made claims he can't back up. Hey, now I'm standing here today and telling you that I believe with every ounce of my being that Jesus was 100% accurate in this statement. Hey, and, and again, that, but what that means, right, if we take that stand, if we say that, yes, Jesus can back up everything he claims here, right, and if we take that stand, then that means that everything we know about Jesus is vital information. Right? Everything we know about Jesus becomes vital information. Right? Because we need to know everything we can know about Jesus if this statement is true. Right? Maybe even where we, you know, dedicate our entire lives to him. Right? Maybe he becomes the destination of our journey, right? If this statement is true. 
And like I said, I, I believe it's true, and, which means everything we know about Jesus, everything we can learn about Jesus is vital information. This is information that every person needs because without that information, you can never find real truth. You can never have a true, fulfilling, eternal life without Jesus. And Jesus has given us a job to do as his church. Right? And that job that we are to do, primary job number one, is to spread this vital information to everyone who needs it. <laughs> and guess who needs it? Everyone. everyone, right? Which leads us back to this core value, doesn't it? Everyone needs Jesus. And everybody is welcome to experience the love of Jesus. Right? Everyone is ready to experience, right? real life and real truth and clarity of, of the world that you've never seen before without Jesus. Right? Everybody's welcome. All right, as we think about this, again, this mission that, that Jesus sent us on, I want to go back to Matthew 28, 19, and 20. So if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open to this famous passage. We've looked at it before. We looked at it in week one. Okay, we're going to look at it uh, again today. Uh, Matthew 28, um, this passage is known as the Great Commission, right? and it is literally the job description of the church. Okay? This was Jesus' parting words to, to the disciples okay? as he commissions them to, as apostles to start to spread this message of the gospel and to start churches and to build God's kingdom here on earth. And we see in Matthew 28, verses 19 uh, through 20, well, I want to start at verse 18, where he says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given all, been given all authority in heaven and on earth, and therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, as we read, again, this, these famous verses, right, this this job description of the church, Jesus gives this direct mission for us to accomplish. Okay, but not only does he say, this is what you need to accomplish, but he also gives us some insights on how to accomplish that mission. Okay, I, as, as I, I showed you the week one, we looked at this, right? It's, and I've, I've underlined them for you on your outline, that Jesus describes four different demographics of people in the Great Commission. And, and, and as we look at those demographics of people, um, Jesus describes, right, not just these different demographics of people, but he describes these phases of the faith journey, right, of, of, of what we um, are, how we're supposed to grow and learn and, and how to find that truth and, and be transformed by God's spirit, right? These are different stages of our growth journey because the reality is we all start off as nations people. And they are people that may or may not be attending church, and that are living apart from Jesus Christ. Okay, that's where we start out, right? That's, we are born with sin, we're, we're born, you know, apart from God, and, and that's where we are. We, we need salvation from Christ. Okay, now notice, this, again, these are people that are living apart from Jesus Christ. That is the world, and we know that is honestly the majority of the world, right? They don't know who God is. Okay, now again, notice I say, though, they are people that may or may not be attending church. Is that you might be attending church. You might even attend church every time the doors are open. But that does not mean that you are saved. Because we are saved by grace, not by works. And you showing up here when the doors are open is, is a work, right? 
You are not saved by works. You are saved by grace. Through faith and believing in Jesus and receiving him and, and into your life and inviting his transforming spirit, you showing up at church will not save you. Right? And, and, but the good news is if you are in church, you will hear the truth about who Jesus is right? and how you can be saved. Now, again, we hope that if you don't know Jesus, we hope we want you here. Right? We want you watching online. Okay, we want you going to any other good Bible-believing church that's going to teach you the truth about who Jesus is. Right? If you don't know Jesus, I hope you're in church <laughs> and hearing the truth. Okay, but again, nations are people that may or may not be attending church, and they are living apart from Jesus Christ. And the hope is that whether you're in church or not in church, or you, you pull up a random sermon on the internet or whatever it is, and you hear the truth of the gospel and you receive Christ as your Savior, right, then you move from being a nation's person to a new disciple. And a new disciple, how I would define that, is people who are regularly attending church and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because my hope is if you're not regularly attending church without a relationship with Jesus, that by finding Jesus and him coming in your life, you will be drawn to a church. Okay, and you will find that fellowship and that commitment right, within a body of believers so that you can grow with not just in your own knowledge and by yourself, but have others help you grow. Right, and, and then we learn more and, and we continue to move forward. And so, you know, the hope, again, in fact, that, that's what scripture does is as you following, walking with Jesus, it pushes you into the church. Again, not into a building, but into the, the group, a body of believers together, like-minded people, right? And we help each other grow. But you have a relationship with Jesus, right? And, and again, you, um, you know God, right? And that his spirit lives in you. You receive Christ as your savior. And again, we've, we've talked about baptism, right? I was talking at the very beginning. We have um, one baptism, the one that's already working through it, and he's going to be baptized here soon if you're interested in that, right? But this is, this is a step that you should take of obedience in following Jesus. Again, if, if you're a new disciple, it is something I encourage you to do or, or let's talk about. As you continue to grow in your faith and grow uh, in, in your knowledge of God and how he made you and what he's wanting you to do, right, then you mature from a new disciple to a disciple, to someone who is working on their faith, that has a growing, consistent, and personal relationship with Jesus, right? This is when the Holy Spirit starts to, to refine some of the things out of your life, right? And, and you start to be more and more holy every day as you're transformed by his Spirit. Right? And this, again, one of those kind of catchphrases we say a lot, right, with our vision and, and with our core values is that I'm more like Jesus tomorrow than I am today. Right, that I have a growing, consistent, and personal relationship with Jesus. That he becomes more than just my, you know, ticket to heaven. Because God is so much more than that. And your faith and is supposed to be way more than just your ticket to heaven. Right, that to go deep with who God is, and to learn to hear his voice, and, and be, follow what he directs you to do, and, and again, be obedient to to, to everything, right, that he leads you towards, to be more like Christ tomorrow than I am today. And as we continue to grow in our faith and, and learn and, again, and, and get closer and closer to God, I mean, because our relationship with God is just like every other relationship in life. If you put time and effort into it, you get closer. Right? And if you neglect it, 
you will drift away. And we all had people in our lives, right, that we were super close to at different times. And then, you know, something happens and, and you know, you, you drift apart. Okay, the same will happen with your relationship with God, which is why you need to be in church and why you need to be reading God's Word. And you need to be, you know, consistently um, taking part of those different spiritual disciplines that keep you growing. And then if we continue to grow, right, you get to a place of maturity, a place where, where you will be on, uh, on ready to take the, the deep things of the faith. And, and again, as Scripture describes it, of the meat of God, not just the milk. Right? You get to that place of where you find a more mature faith, where you are ready um, to be a teacher. All right? and this is somebody who's living out their faith every day. That they are continuing to grow and serve because of Jesus Christ. Right, and this is where you're helping somebody else, right, who's not as far along in their faith journey. Maybe somebody who's all the way back at the nation's place. Right, and this is where you truly can become a disciple who's helping others become disciples. Right, in fact, that's, like I said, that's what Jesus tells us. That's what, what we, the, the goal, right, of this mission is for me to be a disciple that helps, is helping others become disciples. Right? And that's for every believer, not just for those that are evangelists, not just for those that are pastors, not just those that have that specific gift, because right? we all have spiritual gifts, but every believer is called to share the gospel. Right? As, as we look at this and look at these different stages, there's a few things I want to point out. One is we need to realize that for any church, not just Faith Journey Church, for any church to be healthy, they need all four of these stages present in their congregation. Right, for any church to be healthy. Okay, again, if a church is only full of people at the disciple and teacher stages, right, then you're literally preaching to the choir. Right, and you're all just make, helping each other be smarter, right, but you're never helping anybody who doesn't know Jesus find him. Because remember, it's vital information. Who needs it? Who needs it? Everyone. Right? And, if, and if I stand up here and teach the Bible to people who already know Jesus, then I, I'm not doing my job, and neither are you, by the way. Right? Now, the, but the opposite is also true, right? Is you have a, a different but equally as big problem right? if all you have in a congregation is nations and new disciples people. Right? That's where the cliche phrase of the blind leading the blind comes from. Right? For a church to be healthy, we need all of these demographics. And again, I believe that we all want to have a healthy church, that we want to accomplish what Jesus has told us to do. So the first question we need to ask is, what stage am I currently in? Right? Where is my faith? Where am I at on my journey? Right? Not just about how long have I been coming to church, not about how long have I even been a follower of Jesus, but where am I at in these phases, right? Because, because the reality is, if you have been a follower of Jesus, right, for many, many years, and you're still at that, like, new disciple phase, well, there's some scriptures that you need to read, right, to describe your faith, right, where Paul says, no, you, by this point, you should be eating meat, and you're still drinking milk, right, now, again, if you, if that's where you are, then it's time to, to move forward, right, and say, no, I'm not going to be content with being there anymore, I'm going to dive deeper into who God is, and, and to what he wants me to do, and I'm going to, I'm going to grow, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to fulfill right, what that mission is on. 
The first question is, where am I at on that? If you are at the later stages of your faith, if you have a mature faith, then the next question is, who are you investing in? Who are you teaching? Who are you helping find Jesus? Right? How, how, are, how am I in my own faith right, contributing to God's plan to save the world? Because everybody needs Jesus. Again, as we look at that, right, then as a church, we need to also ask the question of, are we truly ministering to all of these levels? Right? And that's a responsibility that's on us, right, that Jesus gave us as the church of saying, is all of these levels of people in growth, are they comfortable in, in and are we helping all of them, right, at the different levels? Again, as, I, as I've told you, if you've been through Journey 1, I've told you, right, that I take that responsibility very seriously as a preacher, is that I present the gospel every Sunday. And I've told you, if, I, if I, you ever hear me preach a sermon where I don't present the gospel and invite somebody to receive Christ, I want you to come to me after church and say, Brian, you messed up today. You didn't do your job. <laughs> right? Because if a nation's person walks in here from one Sunday, I want them to hear the gospel. And I want them to have the opportunity to receive Christ as their Savior. Right? No matter which Sunday they show up. <laughs> right? And, and again, we think about, are we truly ministering to that? Right? But also, again, if, you're, if you have a mature faith, I hope that you're challenged right, by the things that God's Word presents as well. Remember, we're here to journey. We're not here to camp in our faith. Right? As we look at this, right, where am I at? Where are we at as a church? How good of a job are we doing? We evaluate ourselves based on this mission that Jesus has sent us on. So how do we live out this core value? And I think as we think about this core value, it's not just about this core value, but I want to look at just kind of all of them together, right? We're concluding this series today. How good a job are we doing? Okay, are we growing? Are we living these out? Are we presenting these to those that come, right? And, and again, just together as a church. But the first thing that we need to do, right, to live out this core value and all of them together is we need to ask that question, do I have a growing faith? They have, I need to have a growing faith, right? First and foremost, right? Am I, one, just a, a committed follower of Jesus? Have I surrendered my heart and my life to him? Have I invited him into my life? Am, am I a, at least a new disciple? Right? And, and if I am, if I receive Christ as my Savior, I've committed my life to Jesus, then am I growing in that? Hey, we've looked at the strategy. We've looked at, at all these things and, and just say, you know, where are you at? Okay, are, are you moving through the phases? Are you more like Jesus tomorrow than you are today? Okay, are, are you engaging into your life, into your faith, into your relationships, right? And is God at the center of that? Or, and is God truly the number one in your life? Or is, God, or is Jesus just, you know, alongside you somewhere? And there's, remember the, that week, right? Number one, it, it, what's the real destination of your life? Is it Jesus or is it something else? Hey, go back and look at that, right? Where are you at, right? What's your next step? Attend, grow, serve, lead. Consume to contribute. Where are you at on your journey? Are you making progress? As we see, again, the journey classes are designed to be the bridge to the next step. And if you, even if you find yourself, even if you've been through that, even if you feel like you, know, you're, you have a mature faith, but you're like, man, I'm just kind of stuck, I encourage you, go back through them again. 
They said they're not required. You don't have to go through them. I'm not forcing you to do it. But I'll tell you, I have been through the journey classes many times. Okay, and I'll tell you, in fact, literally, Kim and I talked about this just this week, right? Because we, Kim and I are the one, we kind of tag team and teach class four. And we actually literally said, like, man, I am so thankful that we've been through class four so many times. Right? Because it helps me grow. In fact, we were literally talking about, you know what? I think we're going to do the class four stuff even though we don't have a class right now. Right? Again, I, just are you moving forward? Okay, seeing of journey classes, we see that. Um, last year, in 2022, we had 33 people go through journey class one. Okay, we had 23 people go through journey class two. 20 people con- uh, completed journey class three, and nine people completed journey class four. Okay, where are you at on that spectrum, right? Are, are, you, are you moving through it? Okay, are you one of those numbers? If not, like, well, obviously, some more people took one. They're ready for two, right? There's two that are ready for three, and, and so on. Like, are you moving forward? Okay, also, as I look back at that, we looked at in, um, in 2021, we as a church, we baptized nine people. Okay, in 2022, we baptized five people. Okay, and like I said, we have one that's in process right now that we're going to baptize soon in 23. Again, are we continuing to help people move forward? Okay, we talked about all these different core values. Like I said, I'll tell you, these are the, the numbers from our church. Okay, as we look at that... Um, there's 40% of our adult attendance is involved in some sort of small group or class teaching. Okay, that number should be higher, right? Okay, 35% of our, of our adults in our church serve in some way within our church. Now, I know there's others that probably serve in a lot of ways outside the church, but 35%. Now, the reality is that number needs to be higher too, by the way. Okay, but kind of almost the thing, like, I, as I looked at those numbers this week, right, and, and evaluated that, 35%, that's, and I, that, that's, um, like, a little bit discouraging, right? Like, man, that needs to be higher because I look at our volunteer teams, and I'm like, we have so many people that faithfully serve, but there's so many people that are serving in multiple areas, and so many that are, you know, that give. Um, now, kind of almost the hard part of that number, too, is that we are beating the average by quite a bit in America. Right, the average in most churches is 15 to 20%. Okay, so again, it's kind of like, hey, we're beating the average. Like, that's good, right? But, but we need more, right? Because there's just there's so much more that we could be accomplishing for Christ, right? Now, also, I look at that, 35% of adult attendance. And again, I mentioned it last week, okay? But our youth kids are killing it. Okay, in fact, they, they're beating us, adults, by the way, because 50% of our youth are serving. Hey, they're doing great. <laughs> right now, again, that number could be higher too, right? I mean, I think as we move up. But, but yet, if, if they, we have all those demographics present, right, 50% is a pretty good service, I mean, percentage. Right? But adults, they're beating us. But I'm not competitive, so it's okay. <laughs> hmm. I thought you might laugh at that. <laughs> Do you have a growing faith? Right? Are, are you growing in your faith? Right? You, you need to be moving forward in your faith journey. The next thing we need to look at right, is we need to just share our journey stories. Okay, like I said, one of the things that we, I don't think we, I mean, we, do some, but this church, especially American church in general, we do a lousy job of celebrating when God shows up. Right, we're really good at promoting things for people to come to stuff, right? Or that, but we don't 
celebrate it afterwards, right? When God, and, and one of the biggest ways we celebrate is just to share our stories about when God shows up. Right? And again, we've got some, some incredible journey stories. Right? People have made videos about, about when God's shown up in their lives. And if you haven't looked at those, I encourage you to go onto our website. There's an entire page of them. Okay, there's an archive of them on our YouTube channel. Go in there and watch them. I mean, there's, there's some incredible stories on there. And I think we need to make a whole lot more of those stories. Right? And, and again, share about how God is working and which helps other people find him, right? And, and which encourages all of us, right? And again, we know that every time we do a baptism, we listen to their story. I don't know about you, but I get encouraged to keep going. About how God's working in their life, not just in mine. Right? We need to share our stories because the reality is your story is what will draw people to Jesus. And again, I've heard people so many times where they'll be like, my story's boring. If Jesus is a part of your story, it's not boring. Yeah. Right? If God showed up in your life, there's not a single boring thing about that. Right? So if you're a follower of Jesus, your story's not boring. And I also guarantee you that what held you back in your faith at different times, there is a bunch of other people out there that need to hear your story because it's holding them back too. And so if you can share how you got over it and we move forward, right, it will help them move forward in their faith. Okay, so share your share our stories. Okay, and, and again, part of that of sharing our stories is, is ultimately that we will help others grow. And that's a part of our faith. For you to have a, a, a growing faith is you will help others grow as well. Again, to be a disciple that is helping other disciples. Again, th this is the reality, okay, is that every church, if you ask them if they're a welcoming church, every church says yes. Every congregation says, yep, we're a welcoming church. Okay, but if you ask people that don't go there or people that don't know Jesus that have, that have a, visited there, a lot of people on the other side of that coin have a very different opinion. Again, every church thinks they're welcoming. We need to actually be welcoming to people. Right? And like really you know, embrace people when they come, even if they don't know Jesus. And again, a part of that, as followers of Jesus, is we need to know as Christians, we can't expect non-Christians to act like Christians. And when they don't, we can't tell them about it. Okay, because they don't interpret it the way that you mean it. They, they feel judged. Right? And they leave there going like, I'm not, I'm not going back there. That's not a welcoming place. Okay, again, as you think about this, are we, how do we help others grow? Well, in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, Jesus tells us. He says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. For the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. If we, again, Jesus literally says, if you just do those two things, everything else will work out fine. Right? If you just do those two things, right, all, these, all four core values will be true in your life. Just love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else will fall into place. Okay, and as we think about that, we see this reality, okay, and again, which is part of, part of our strategy, even as a church, Okay, is, is the truth about what you attract people with is what you will keep people with. Now again, there's, a, there's, there's kind of this movement in America through our churches, right, that we attracted people with hype and, you know, music and production and like all these kind of things. But the, the hard part about that is if that's what you attract people with, then that's what you're going to have to keep it with, right? You have to always be outdoing yourself. 
Okay, that, think about the other. If, if what you try to do with is guilt, right? If we just sit up and be like, you're a terrible person and you need Jesus, right? Like, that, then we're not going to keep them with that, right? But what, and the reality is we don't have to come up with anything to attract people other than what God's already given us. It is the gospel. It is the love of Jesus, right? The, the clarity that brings to life, the, the truth about who God is, about who we are and the mission we're supposed to be on. That's all we have to, that's all we need to attract people, right? In fact, scripture tells us the Lord is, he's the Lord of the harvest, right? In fact, because the, the whole hard reality is that we can't save anybody. I can't save anybody and neither can you. Only God can save. He's the Lord of the harvest, right? And that's what we attract people with is we just tell them about God. And we show and model what a growing faith is. Right? And that will keep people growing. Right? What we attract people with is what we will keep people with. And what we attract people with is the love of Jesus. With genuine relationships with real people. And we attract people with and keep people with the power of the Holy Spirit. Alive and work in us and through us and in this world. And as you do that, again, in your bulletin today, when you came in, is there was this card in your bulletin. Okay, this is this 360 card. Yeah, I'll tell you, I didn't come up with this. I actually stole this from Church of God Youth. Okay, I was on that team for a long time. We, we did this. But, but I think this is just helpful, this 360 card. Okay, and I want you to take this. Okay, and if you didn't get one, there's, there's extras out there at the, at the info center. Okay, get one. And take it. And what I want you to do is you're going to write three different people or families in these blanks. Okay, and they're people or families that you don't know where they're at with God. And you're going to write down their names. And then you're going to keep this. This isn't for them. This is for you. Okay, you're going to write down their names. And this is a reminder. Okay, you're going to write down three people, and you're going to commit to praying for them six times a week. Okay, now, I'm only giving you six, okay, so we're giving you grace. You can skip one day, okay, but, but, or you can rise above and go to seven, but 360 is better, sounds better than 370, so, okay, so three, three people, pray for them six times a week, and miss zero opportunities to, to have a spiritual conversation. Okay, it's not just about inviting them to church, but, I mean, that could be a part of the conversation, but it's about have a spiritual conversation, Right? Miss zero opportunities to, to find out if they go to church. And if, if they don't go to church, find out why. They, and, or what question they have, right? Miss zero opportunities to have a spiritual conversation with, with those people. And again, hopefully, through that conversation, you can share the gospel. You can and invite them to church. You can show them who Jesus is, right? Or just to find out where they're at. Right? So three people, pray for them six times a week, miss zero opportunities. Can we do that, church? I hope we can. Yeah, as you think about all of this, think about do this. Like I said, next week we're stepping on, we're moving to a, to a new series, and uh, but the, none of this stops, right? In fact, the reason why we took five weeks at the beginning of the year to kind of go through this is to say, like, church, we, we I've, we're, we've made a lot of progress, but we've got a long way to go because who needs Jesus? Everyone. Look around the room. Everyone's not here, right? Everyone's not in church right now somewhere, you know, in a church. Right, and we need to pray for those churches, and we need to pray for this church, and we need to, because everyone needs Jesus. What's my role in that? What is your role in that? Okay, we're going to live these out. Right, I'm going to have a growing in my faith, and I'm going to help others find Jesus as well. 
Okay, this is my final thought for us on this series. At the core of the gospel is God's heart to save everyone. And as followers of Jesus, we show this truth to the nations. The more you journey in your faith, the more your life will show that everyone is welcome. Again, let's show them who Jesus really is. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus says, right? They will know you are followers by how you love each other, right? by how we love them. Okay, and let's, let's show the world who Jesus is. As we conclude this morning, they said, I don't know where you're at in your faith journey, but I hope you'll move forward today. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you can receive him as your, as your Savior today. You can start that journey of faith. Right? If you are a follower of Jesus, then saying, am I moving forward in my journey? What's my next step? And I encourage you to talk to God about that. Commit to that step before you leave today. Lord God, we praise you today for giving us a place to belong. Lord, for saving us for transforming us, for accepting us wherever we are, but especially for not leaving us there. And Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would have a growing faith, that we would be transformed by your spirit every day. God, that we would live our faith in such a way, Lord, that your light and your love shines through us to everybody that needs to know you, or to the nations, to the world, to this community. God, to those that don't know you, to our families, to our neighbors, to our coworkers. Lord, as we go this week, we commit to moving forward in our faith. God, we will take the next step for us and we will pray for these people, Lord. And Lord, we ask that you would give us so many opportunities, God, that we cannot miss any of them as we see your hand. Lord, so many opportunities to grow in our own, our own faith. And so many opportunities to talk about you with others that need you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to build your kingdom through this church and through every church that's preaching the gospel. God, save everyone. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Lord, and thank you for the opportunity we have to, to help you build your kingdom. Guide us as we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.